Hello and welcome to the Bad Asian Podcast, the world's most inconsistent podcast where we start off talking about Asian things and we slowly devolve into self-indulgent thought exercises. I'm your host, David Nguyen, and joining me from the West Coast, as always, is Imran G. Uh, let's start off by shouting out all the people who have been graciously supporting the podcast. Yeah, yeah. They've been kindly rating us five stars on iTunes and leaving us very non sequitur but thoughtful reviews. So <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, and then I think we've settled on the format. If you guys didn't previously know, Emron and I have been trying to figure out how to get the listeners, you guys, to uh, rate us on iTunes to help us spam the algorithm, get us more attention, more notoriety, and get us to crush all the other Asian podcasts. That's all yeah, we want to do. Let's try dominance. Uh, so initially, it was Emron and I, as a team, going after people's necks. Mm-hmm. aggressively and then we decided hey let's play around with it tone it down where we had one person approach it kindly but another person continue to step on people's necks uh and then we eventually had emron just go out alone going after people unilaterally american <laughs> style and people did not like that <laughs> i so, think it scared them it scared yeah, them it, it was really too much <laughs> it was too much too disingenuous i maintain emron has a kind soul that he refuses to acknowledge I was too much. People just was too afraid of my fear. That made no sense. (laughs) When a brown guy tries to scare people, it works. (laughs) We lost uh, listenership that week. I don't know if you saw. However, we rebounded. We once again played with the algorithm. Yeah. We care. We want to give the people what they want. So we settled on me just berating people and Emron with his natural, gentle, angelic soul, uh, politely ask people to help support the show. So let's uh, take it from the top. Emron, why don't you go ahead and gently ask people for the first time in 2019 to help support the podcast. Yes. Listen, you motherfuckers. You better support this podcast. Otherwise, I will find you, I will hunt you, and I will hurt you. Happy 2019. No one wanted that. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll change it to what, what you really want. It's not <laughs> what I want. It's what the people want. Hi, people. Hello, fellow listeners. Thank you so much for your support. And we thank you every week and every day because without you, we would not be able to do this. Thank you so much for all of your continued support. And we hope that you continue to support us in 2019. See, didn't that just feel natural and comfortable to you? No, the first part felt a lot more... Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you listen back to it, uh, you start off acting, and then you just slowly go right back into your <laughs> natural cadence. Oh, man. I I can't help who I am, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why even fight it? Why pretend? I don't, I, you know what? Not? 2019, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna be a nice person. That's my goal. There you go. All right. What about you, David? Why don't you launch into who you really are? 2019. I don't know if you guys are familiar with what China is doing to the Muslim population. Uh, They are imprisoning people in internment camps, uh, all because they did not rate the podcast five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. We're starting 2019 like that. 
So I don't know if you guys know, but China has a pretty elaborate spying security network system, and they do listen into Americans.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if you guys do not rate the podcast five stars and leave a comment on iTunes, China will come kidnap you and put you in an internment camp and make you, and then make、uh, you listen and rate our podcast、uh, over、no. and over again. <laughs> Dude, if there was a way where we can get. Outsource the、um, the comments and the ratings. I go for that, but I、uh, it's also like we prefer to do it organically. <laughs> and also, I think China is just making the people in those camps、uh, sew things. Oh,、like、manufacturing! I'm pretty sure that's like why kill people when you can have cheap slave labor, cheaper slave labor in China. Cheaper, yeah. yeah you didn't think there's cheaper labor in China, but they found a way. <laughs> They're like these people are getting paid money, but these people are forced to do it. We learned it from America. All right, so、uh, happy 2019, everybody. <laughs> That's my goal for this year. I'm gonna keep randomly singing throughout this podcast, whether it's appropriate or inappropriate. All right,、uh, should we go into New Year's resolutions? Do you have any? I I don't actually. I don't subscribe to that kind of stuff. Do you? I used to, but not so much anymore. Although I did, you know, there is something about a clean slate that you wanna、mm-hmm. that gives you an opportunity to change. But two weeks into it, it's like, all right, the new year's broken in. I've <laughs> fallen back into my old habits. <laughs> I am who I am. Why change it? Wait, what do you mean? Two weeks into it, it's the third. No, that's just. I mean, generally, that's how. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Based on it, past failures. Got it. So you have a a two week limit. So what was your、uh, what was the last New Year's resolution that you tried to go through? Moved to New York and I、oh. did it. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, you did in like July, right? Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, it was like my New Year resolution, two thousand fifteen. But you know what? I did it. <laughs> It's okay. It took you a little while, but you did it on your own terms. Yeah. But、yeah. now I just gotta review all my New Year resolutions from 2016 and 17 <laughs> and follow up with that. <laughs> Better late than never, I suppose. Yeah, man. You know what? Progress is progress. But yeah, 2019, I do want to grow the podcast. I do want to grow、mm-hmm. the brand, Bad Asians. Yeah. Other than that, oh, I also want to quit my retail job, Emranji style. Nice. Before we move on.、Um, for trying to build the podcast, if anybody on here is a video editor. Or likes to do film, please hit us up because we're trying to get somebody to film our show on January twelfth at、or、the Bravo Theater, or just the regular show too, or the regular show. We're just trying to get somebody who who likes to film and edit, and this is, will be a paid gig, so you will not be doing stuff for free. But、so、you also won't be doing it for a lot of money either. It's gonna be paid, <laughs> but don't quit your day job. <laughs> I mean, you could quit your day job. Yeah, 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 it'll be a terrible decision, but you could still do it. But just know that I believe in your decision to follow your dreams of editing our trailer.、We、also, if you guys are illustrators,、uh, holla, because we always need to put new images of myself and Emron. All right, let's get into the show. Yeah, what do you do say? It. We have segments.、Uh, first segment is we're gonna be highlighting. Asian Americans, or something within the culture that promotes us, makes us look good, and we're here to celebrate it. So, first, bad Asian of two thousand nineteen, real bad, Michael Jackson. 
All right. Woman chops off stalker's penis in India and takes him to the hospital. <laughs> Welcome 2018. A 47-year-old woman in western India severed her alleged stalker's penis before rushing him into the hospital to save his life. The stalker, identified as Tushar, allegedly sought sexual favors from the married woman and told her husband that he was in love with her. So this guy had been pestering her for sexual favors for a while. He had been talking to her despite his advances being rejected. And after establishing communication, she lured uh, Tushar into an industrial zone in a suburb of Domvili, where she later took charge of cutting off his penis. So, David, here's the question. Have you ever been in love so much that you are willing to go into an industrial zone to meet a woman? Um, maybe. Not in love, but I feel like a lot of these hipster coffee shops are <laughs> <laughs> gentrified industrial zones. So yeah, that, maybe, that makes sense. Maybe. That makes sense. It's like, hey, do you want to check out this shipping container that has not been used for shipping for three years? But I don't know if I've been lured more so I've been doing the luring. It's like, hey, Ooh. you want to go to this coffee shop? <laughs> Does that count? Yeah, well, I've I think... never mutilated anybody's genitals to that degree. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough, man. I think the woman is the bad guy in this situation. I, it, she's pe- he's pestering a woman that doesn't want his advances, and she's already married. And it okay. got to the point go. where her husband knows about this. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just reading the story here. A 47 year old woman in Western India severed, severed, sorry, severed yeah. her alleged stalkers. Alleged. See, shouldn't he be at least confirmed stalker before she cuts off his dick? Uh, you know what? Sometimes you just got to shoot first and ask questions later. I mean, this is what this guy is doing. He's just shooting his shot. <laughs> yeah, this is aggressive. This, this is very aggressive on, I feel like both sides just kind of went out of control. Well, you don't even know what his stalking was. Like he could have just, I mean, no woman should be creeped out, but. Uh, a stalker what it seems like he <laughs> he was just approaching her um there was other ways to handle it before dick cutting i would say hmm would you prefer to be murdered or be castrated <laughs> but see when you murder someone you go to jail for murder yeah. when you castrate someone you're hailed as a feminist hero <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> ain't that yeah. something it is something. Like anytime a woman chops off a dude's dick, <laughs> feminists elevate that woman as a hero. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's right. But when uh, men do it, oh no, it's mutilation, <laughs> as it should be. Um, it's a little hypocritical, though. It's like uh, men don't celebrate other men for chutting, cutting off women's clits. I know that. No, man, that's a no-go. Everybody's it's like, like yo, like you a- desensitize to him. That is the opposite of what we want. It's like... Even people who believe in that ritual, they'll just confirm. It's like, yep, this is all part of the religion. No one's celebrating. He's like, yeah, way to do it for men's rights. <laughs> Even men's rights activists aren't asking for this. They don't celebrate that at all. No. So, I don't know. Feminists, you got to look into yourselves and ask yourselves. It's like, why do we celebrate the dick cutting? <laughs> it's like, do you ever hear about that one uh, once upon a time uh, Italy had the Pope who was creeped out by all the statues with dicks on them. So he had them all chiseled off. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the Vatican, like, there was a bunch of Greek or, I'm sorry, not Greek, Roman statues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is, you know, lustful. So he went and chiseled them all off. He's like, I can't do this. How am I supposed to do my job when I'm surrounded by these marble dicks? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do you expect me to get anything done? This is too hard. Yeah, most of the time when you're told that story, it's like, this guy is clearly gay or he's <laughs> jumping out the window there. Uh, but no one celebrates that. Right. On a scale of one to ten, how often do you think he thought about sucking those marble dicks before he? Oh, broke? every day. Every day. <laughs> you know what happened? I think he got caught by one of his bishops. He's <laughs> like, "Oh no, I'm not gay. I was trying to bite these dicks off because they're lustful. They're wrong. They're gross. And yeah. did you know they all still taste like marble? <laughs> <laughs> every single one of them still tastes like marble. It's, it's false all- advertising. Get it out of here. Get." Yeah, it's one of those things where doth protest too much, you know? <laughs> but no one celebrates it. No one celebrates it. I feel like I will celebrate it now. But no one celebrates it. No one celebrates like, yeah, that's good Catholicism. Woo, go Pope. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is weird. It's like, <laughs> it's like these great works of art, you had all the dicks chiseled off. Okay, something's going on with the Pope. But like... Our, my original statement is like whenever a guy gets his dick cut off by a woman who's being attacked barely all right that's fair but still <laughs> women feminists some feminists elevate that woman up as a folk hero or they'll show it to other managers you see this is what's gonna happen to you do you know who lorraine bobbitt is yeah, she's a woman who cut off a dude's dick exactly but that's all you know about her what do you mean that's all you know about her. Oh, That's sorry. How she's am, I, a... am I supposed to know her like high school varsity track You records? can at least know uh, anything. What else do you know about her? She was married to Mr. Bobbitt. Yeah, exactly. Who went on to perform in a porno movie. But that's more about him than her. Oh, look at him making a comeback. <laughs> uh, I guess. I would. Uh, would you watch that? No. Did you watch it? No. I don't I don't follow male porn stars. <laughs> Call it toxic masculinity if you like. You know what? I will be honest. I think I would check that out just because I want to know what a severed penis put together looks like. I wonder if it just looks like a leaning tower of pizza. Why'd I say pizza? Pizza. Because you uh, watch too much Ninja Turtles. <laughs> is it like when you build Legos that are too tall or is it like a building a Jenga? Like what do you think this thing would look like? Like a like a rocket from the far side, you know. Shout out to the doctor who uh, installed that. <laughs> Good hey, man, him. he he took that oath, or she. They took that oath, and uh, they did their job. Yeah, they did that job. All right, they did so. That job. Um, but yeah, good for I guess Indian women for standing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Although I do think she's a premeditated murder like she could have killed him but she did it yeah i'll give you that i don't agree with what she did but i agree with the sentiment that hey she should stand up for herself i just love it in the yeah go ahead no i was just saying i love in the news report that the police are like we recovered the knife and genitals (laughs) and it's just like what did she like did she cut him off and then just like toss him to the side well, Just in the article, some, she said like... she felt bad, so she called the hospital for him. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think he goes back afterwards? Oh, do you think he comes back and he's like, well, oh, like, you can't how... stop me? 
well, this no, is like, a this is how delusional he is. Is like you cut my dick off, but then you did call the hospital, so you do have feelings. Like, if, if this was did. a lifetime movie, this is thirty percent in. Our love story is still being written. But do you think he goes back to his friends like, I think there's still a chance. <laughs> like, you didn't see the way she looked at me as I was getting carted off into the hospital. Dude, when she touched my balls and my dick before she cut them off, it was the most magical experience of my life. All right. But shout out to Indian women, I guess. Yeah. Is this, why you, is this why you don't date Indian women, Emrod? Your I friend? do date. I dated Indian women. I just, you're, not right now. You're afraid that they got to <laughs> chop off your dick. <laughs> But in speaking of other Indian women news, mm-hmm. uh, did you know that they have, uh, I don't know, there's a story here. Why don't you read it? Because there's a bunch of brown words. <laughs> I kind of just want you to try to read uh, the temple name. Okay. It is Sabari Mala. Nailed All right. it. Yeah, that's good. Sabari Mala Temple. Okay. Um, so there's this temple in India. Is a Hindu temple mm-hmm. that uh, barred women from entering. Women from the ages of ten to fifty, or known as menstruation age, because um, yeah, the dudes thought it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> they they say it's for religious reasons. They say it's because the uh, Hindu god was a lifelong bachelor, and to have menstruating women in would go against what that god's wishes were and uh he wouldn't give these women the blessings but it's just that uh indian dudes think uh, menstruations are gross <laughs> <laughs> and so it went to the indian supreme court the court overturned the band uh but the women who go into the temple they were getting harassed by other dudes who also thought that uh, menstruation is gross and so these women formed a Let's see, 385-mile-long human chain in support of gender equality. Now, the topic itself is uh, at hand is this controversial ban and the harassment that follows. But there's an overall larger issue of uh, the way women in India are treated. So, Emrod, question. Yeah. Do you think these women who uh, linked up and formed this human chain mm-hmm. would have been better off just chopping off a bunch of dude's dicks. <laughs> it's like, guess what? Now you're bleeding from your genitals. <laughs> I was going to go in the opposite direction. I was like, bro, if this dude had pretended to be a fake feminist, he had 380 miles of chance. <laughs> dude, I... The thing that's crazy about this is like they, the people who uh, follow the temple didn't let the women in because they thought, or according to the temple's mythology, the uh, the god is a bachelor who has taken an oath of celibacy. Uh-huh. So I guess he's, when you're celibate, you're only attracted to women who are menstruating? I'm it's, sorry. Can you repeat that one more time? I'm, I'm trying to think because it's like they're... Their logic was like he's a bachelor who has taken uh-huh. an oath of celibacy, which is why menstruating women aren't allowed in the temple. Uh huh. And I'm trying to figure out what the why they think that's a link. Oh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Indian men are attracted to period blood. 
<laughs> like they can't be controlled when Gross. they start. <laughs> oh, that the views expressed by Emron G. <laughs> Not necessarily from like those of the Bad Asian podcast, but it's other hosts, its affiliates, or its sponsors. <laughs> but let it be known, Emran G said, "Period blood is gross." That's all, Emran. That's all, Emran. I was pretending to be the Lord, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Uh, period blood drives Indian men nuts, and <laughs> they can't help themselves. That's how they get lured into industrial areas. It's kind of victim blaming. It's like, oh, like you know, when guys say, "It's like you know, what was she wearing?" Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Indian men go, "Was she <laughs> was she bleeding?" <laughs> was she <laughs> because if she does or she was, then all of a sudden they have this reaction like Monterey Jack from the Rescue Rangers around cheese. That was way too nerdy of a reference. I think I'm gonna edit that one out. <laughs> but yeah, what kind of goofy bachelor is just uh, sprung or whatever he? Is in the presence of menstruating blood. I don't know, man. I I, I feel like... like don't speak for this uh, Hindu god like this. For yeah. all you know, it's like the Hindu gods. But yeah, what do I give a fuck? Yeah, the thing that kind of made me mad was like you said it briefly that like other men were trying to stop these women mm -hmm. from entering in. But what bothers me is like they were like stoning them. They were throwing stones at them. Yeah, that's and what brown like... men do, Emron. <laughs> like, are, are you brand new to that region of the world? Yeah, man. I've never heard of a brown person throwing stones. Usually it's <laughs> shoes. Shoes is usually our go-to. Uh -huh. Rocks are usually um, more of a Middle Eastern thing. But uh, a 385-length human chain is really impressive. That is very impressive. That's like from the Bay Area down to like San Luis Obispo or something. All right, let's see what's the distance between LA and San Francisco. 347 miles. Oh shit. Yeah, it's longer than the distance from the San Jose airport to the to LAX. There you go. Shout that is so many people. That is five and a half hours of driving with no traffic. <laughs> I would if I saw that many people in, like in a line, I'd be like, there's way too many people here. And I don't care what they're waiting in line for. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's like a new uh, bougie it's like a, restaurant. Yeah. You know what it in is? It's, yeah, it's a chicken thicka masala in a pho bowl. That's basically what they're <laughs> waiting in line for. <laughs> All right. Uh, second segment. Uh, there's always someone who upsets the Asian culture, makes us look bad. So we're here to drag them. Uh, and this segment is called Bad Asian, real bad, Joe Jackson. And the bad person of this week is... Tenshin Nasukawa. Oh, I thought we were going to do Louis C.K. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have changed it. It is now Louis C.K. Because <laughs> that's what this podcast is. We are 100% on the fly. Uh, right off the bat, <laughs> we say this is an inconsistent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> If you want podcasts with much more structure, much more cohesiveness, uh, I would recommend them, but I'm not here to promote anybody else other than ourselves. <laughs> Do your Googles. Yeah. All right. Uh, Louis C.K. Emron, break down what Louis did. All right. Louis did a set at the Governor's Club in New York City. Which I've um, done. Great club, by the way. Okay. And... Um, he did an hour-long set where he talked about a myriad of things. Do you like how I use that word myriad? I think you pronounced it wrong. 
God damn it. Are you sure? Maybe. I feel like you're just trying to steal my <laughs> Okay, go you on. Know what? Fuck you, bro. Myriad of things. Yeah, I think it's myriad, not myriad. Oh, what did I say before? Myriad? Myriad. Yeah. Whatever. You, you pronounce it like your old roommate's name. Oh, yeah. Myriad of things. Myriad of things. Whatever. He went through a ton of shit. And um, one of the jokes that he went after, or he said, was particularly towards Asian men um, and their penis size. My question to you, David, did you listen to his entire set? I sure did. What did you think? I thought it was pretty good. I thought so too, man. (laughs) Everything besides the two controversial jokes were pretty good. We're solid. So Louis C.K. made fun of Asian dicks, and then he also made fun of uh, the Parkland shooters. Shooting victims, not the shooters. Yeah, the survivors. Yeah. So, uh, but he went on to make fun of black people's dicks first, and then white people's dicks, and then Asian dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he went on to well, let's let's tackle the Asian dick part first. Okay. Here's the thing about comedy that people don't know is that people approach this particular set as if it were a finished product. Right. From my perspective, Louis was working things out, yeah. and because he didn't have any other comedy club to. <laughs> Before, <laughs> he did it off right off the bat. He's like, you know, my life is over. Uh, fuck it. I'm just going bananas now. Yeah. Uh, there's a freedom to that, by the way, <laughs> to like mm-hmm. know you have nothing to lose. But evidently, you had a little bit more to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of uh, starts off talking about how much money and how much his how bad his life has been yeah. over the past year. He said that he lost like 35 million dollars. And, and a I bunch of that, friends and, and also a bunch of because Louis C.K. was not only looked at the best comedian, he was looked at like this artisanal kind of, almost borderline icon. Yeah. He was, he like, was revered all, within the comedy community for sure. For sure the comedy community, but even outside the fringes of the comedy community, he was looked at like, oh look, because like his TV show was dope. Yeah. He's like, look at this artistic uh, person with his unique perspective and vision. It's like no one else is doing what he's doing. Like he's mm-hmm. phenomenal. We love like even his system of promoting his comedy album, like uh, having people pay what they want. Yeah, he, like he was. That. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was very much a, a comedian of the people, mm-hmm. and he resonated with virtually everybody, like universally uh, from all aspects of life, be they like right wing, left wing, liberal, conservative, man, woman. Parents, non-parents, it's like everybody, like Louis C.K. was relatable to a wide demographic. (laughs) And now it's just, he's a comedian for alt-right people. (laughs) 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 Like everything that he's ever done, it's just got thrown out the window. Yeah. Uh, Fair, I suppose. I don't know. I'm not one to, I can't make that judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we've discussed this in the past, so it's not really not worth going back and discussing what he did. But as far as the Asian joke, it was weak. Yeah. That was my main issue. I didn't like, uh, I don't mind people joking about Asian dick sizes. I've heard them all. Like (laughs) as long as it's not even, yes, like the funny part is important and people did find the joke funny. So, right. Because when you listen to the clip, people are laughing. Mm-hmm. So people did find it funny. Now, funny and comedically good is two different things. 
Right. So it's a joke that uh, is not new in any particular way. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, what are you saying that's different from any other versions of this joke? It's like Asian dudes' dicks are small. Uh huh. Right. And it's funny because a penis is funny. It's yeah. like, as you can tell, we started off this podcast talking about dicks <laughs> for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. Fun the whole, the whole <laughs> time throughout. <laughs> but if you guys listen to the context, like, hey, we're talking about different dicks. We're talking about statue dicks. We're talking about <laughs> Indian violent dicks. Yeah, we talk about all dicks. Yeah, but if we talk about like just Asian dicks being small, it's like, okay, what's so funny about that? That is new and unique. But also at the same time, for most people who aren't Asian, mm-hmm. like hearing a joke about comedy dicks could be brand new to them. That's yeah. another aspect of comedy people fail to understand. It's like a lot of times this is new to an uh, audience. Yeah, like half every- of the time that we go to shows, it's like there's so many people who show up and like, this is my first comedy show. Right. Uh, so the Asian community was upset, and fairly so, is because they've heard this over and over. So to them, it's hack. And so their outrage is fair. I can't take away how people feel, how the Asian community feels. Uh, but to a wider audience, it's like you've heard of that stereotype, but you've never heard it in kind of joke form. So for a lot of people who find the joke funny, it's like, that's fair. You know, you probably never heard of this before. You think this is funny. Let's let them enjoy the joke. And uh, hopefully their taste will be more discerning next time. Yeah. It's not just the same joke over and over. Now, this isn't like crazy behavior to me. Like his sets have always been this way. Yeah. I, I forgot if it was this last special or like two specials ago where he had that rape joke where it was basically and he got away with it because people loved Louie. And it was a different time. It, it was, was a different time. Me too. Like yeah. he had a special where he opened up saying the F word that Brian switch maggot. <laughs> he <laughs> opened up with the N word. He opened up with the word cunt. Uh, like very triggering words, but he did it skillfully. It's like in a way where it's like, ha, huh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Uh, this particular joke, it's like he was still probably working it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Do you think there's something there? Uh, I don't know. From what I could see, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where, like, where, like, I don't know how you could massage this, but if he can figure it out, I, I'd be open to hear it. Okay. Uh, I'm not one for comedy censorship, other than self censorship. Wait, I lied. So I'm for a comedian self-censoring themselves once they mm-hmm. like work on a joke. Like, oh, this doesn't really have legs. And also for Emron being censored. <laughs> <laughs> but it, besides those two aspects, it's like uh, I, I believe that a comedian should be allowed to work it out. And it's not some like for all we know, this joke isn't going to go anywhere. And he'll be like, all right, well. Uh, that, I tried that once. I and... tried that once, and people didn't like it. Okay, uh, I'll learn not to do it. Yeah, but for people to call for his head—that's like you can call for his head because of what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like his uh, masturbation in front of women. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like if you want to get rid of Louis for that, I I'm for that. Uh, I I understand that. To... Maybe they're just trying to cancel him any way that they can, like during his supposed comeback. You know what I mean? I the way that I look at it, it's like when you can't catch a like a 
a drug cartel so you nail the dude on tax evasion yeah exactly it's like you just you get them on whatever you can and then just keep it moving from there like ultimately people do want louis canceled yeah absolutely uh but but i feel uh, like this is fodder and i think it was kind of shitty that this dude or somebody just uploaded it when like i like if this was a finished special absolutely but fuck man but also for all we know louis could have leaked it himself no you think so this is gonna be my comeback this is like you know straight from the underground and then it's like, oh, wow, people did not like that. My bad. I miscalculated this whole uh, thing. If Louis uploaded himself, I feel like it would be sadder. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It backfired. <laughs> no, no, that's... no, no. I mean, it would be just like watching his show and shit. Everything, like there's not enough black and white. There's not enough sadness in his set for this to be leaked by himself. I'm not exactly sure what you're saying. I'm saying that his show was always black and white, uh-huh. and most of the themes were him being sad. So I see. that's why I don't think he uploaded it himself. Oh, got it. Okay. Like, there's not enough production <laughs> for yeah. you to legitimately think Louis did it himself. Yeah. It's, got he it. Wouldn't, he wouldn't let this. Yeah, he uh, would have cleaned it up a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It needs okay. more black and white and more violins. <laughs> then I would know this was a Louis production. <laughs> okay. <Got laughs> Where's it. that Pig Newton splash screen? <laughs> <laughs> But how did you feel about all this? Uh, I thought it was great. No. Um, I thought it was a solid set aside from that part in the middle. Um, There was like some other parts that I kind of just zoned out on. It's not finished. The beginning is strong. And then I think it just kind of tapers off. Were you listening? It's like, ah, this is why why I like Louis. I remember. It's all coming back. No, I was just kind of listening to it like, okay. Uh, I see where you're going with this. And, like, I don't know, like, it seemed like a lot of his... This was the first time I got to see an unfinished set, I think, of his. And because he's taken a year off, I can kind of understand how he writes now. So that was kind of interesting for me to be like, okay, this is how it's going, and I'm kind of interested to see what his next set will be to watch the jokes evolve. Uh, I want to touch on two things. Uh, Yeah. One... I'll say that this is the first time in a long time where I listened to something that I felt like I shouldn't be listening to. Ooh, okay. Right? Like, remember in the early 90s? I don't know if you were different, but like in the early 90s, uh, probably still now, my mom and dad did not like uh, me listening to black stuff, especially like gangster rap. Okay. And so when you would listen to it, you know you like had to do it in secret. Because oh. like if you got caught, you're going to be in trouble and people would yell at you. <laughs> this... <laughs> It's like the closest I've had to that feeling in a very long time. It's like, oh, Were you shit. listening to it underneath your covers, like on your bed? No, I watched it uh, on my Roku. <laughs> 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 For all my roommates to hear. Uh, <laughs> but it's it, it was that idea. It's like, oh, should, should I be supporting Louis C.K.? No. Uh, like, should I be laughing at Louis C.K.? Like, I don't know. Probably not, but... <laughs> uh, but that's the that's the power of laughter and comedy. By the way, it's that mm-hmm. it's involuntary. Mm-hmm. So, like when something hits, it really hits. You can't deny it. You can't uh, force it. Uh, you can't hold it back. It just comes out. So, do you like, think he's going to be canceled? Um, I'd say it's not looking good. 
It's not looking good. Like his comeback tour, people were upset that like he came back too soon. Right. So it's not that he came back. It's that he came back too soon. And this is just going to delay it even further. Uh, I don't know how much support he still has within his group of friends. Um, But I think if people continue to try to keep him out, keep him away, the people who are against censorship of any kind, the people who dislike the liberal agenda of safe spaces, they will give him an audience. Oh, absolutely. So and they will cheer him and love him. His comeback will be inevitable. I don't think he'll ever get back to where he was. Right. So he'll be back to kind of uh, whatever Carlos Mencia is doing. No, he's going to be bigger than Mencia for sure. I don't think so. Like Mencia stole jokes, uh, but that's more of a crime against comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis C.K. jerked off in front of women. That's a crime <laughs> against women, which is more widespread. Like people, like people understand that more than when you say, "Oh, that comedian stole a joke." Right. You tell that to the layman, and they're like, "Who gives a fuck?" Right. Is it funny? <laughs> it's like, did he say beaner in this joke? He did. All right, I fuck with it. <laughs> I don't care where it came from. <laughs> But you tell a person that Louis C.K. jerked off in front of them, most people have a visceral reaction. It's like, ill. Yeah. That can't happen. That can't stand. So that's part one. And part two, I want to ask you, like, do you believe in comedy censorship? Is there uh, any topic that cannot be joked about? Okay. I wanna, I'm writing that down because I want to get back to it. And I will forget. Um, I don't. I think Louis will have a hard time with his comeback, but I do think his comeback will be bigger than you think it will be. Um, I think with his model, he's kind of, he doesn't need the distribution. You know what I mean? He doesn't need like a Netflix thing. He doesn't need Amazon Prime. He doesn't Mm -hmm. need any of those channels. I mean, who knows? They still might support him, but even if he put it on his website, people would buy it just in order to quote unquote support free speech. Mm -hmm. I think he will be making more money than we think. And I don't think he's going to be regulated to Mencia. There's no way I still, because Mencia is now performing in like clubs here. Mm -hmm. And I think Louis still going to be able to do theaters across the country. Theaters. That's crazy. I think he's going to be able to do theaters. I really do. That's crazy. I don't think so. I I think there are a lot more people who are against the censorship of free speech than they are anything else. Sexual assault? Yeah. Well, Trump is president, so Yeah, you're... that's what I'm saying, man. It's There's just like those those people it. are there and they're coming out of the woodwork, and so I think they will come out in droves to support Louis. Okay, we'll see. That's yeah, we'll see. That's my and then what was the thing? Oh yeah, comedy. So Emron G supports Louis C.K. I am wagering okay. that he will still be doing theaters. All right, so we've had this proposition before. If Louis C.K. asked you to open for him, would you do it? Oh god damn it! Like in, um, right now, currently, if like you get a phone call tomorrow, it's like, hey, I'm gonna be opening at the uh, San Jose Improv. Uh, I need an opener. Uh probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Would you be okay? In he filmed a- so much shit, man. It's gonna be a foot in the door to just meet the other people that I need to meet, and then I can get out of here. Okay, but like you do that show, do you think uh, other comics will fuck with you afterwards in the community? I think some of them won't. Okay, but and I that, think everybody but- on some level will understand. But there will be some people I who will probably ban me. Okay. What about you? Would you open for Louie? Not right now, no. Okay. Unless like he gave me a big bag of money. Oh, I thought that was included. Oh, okay. Like, because nah. he's doing a theater, right? Uh, well, like, he's doing a theater, but, like, he's only paying you, like, your normal opening salary. Oh, fuck that. Uh, like, if you guys don't know, most of the time when you open for a comedy club, you get paid $50. You get 50 a- bucks to host, so fuck yeah. that noise. I'm not going to But it's only for, like, mud. a 10-minute set. So $50 for 10 minutes is not too bad in the grand scheme yeah. of things, but it's not like you're doing you know, several minutes. <laughs> it's $50 for one night's work yeah. and your potential comedy reputation. So Emron's like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll do $50. it. Yeah. yeah, I'll do it. Sell yourself yeah, what, what are people going to say? Be like, why the fuck do you open for him? Be like, I needed the money. I don't oh, have a job. Yeah, okay, that's good. You have I, it yeah, it's like, I, I needed the money. Game over. Yeah. All right, I got my out. Yeah, good. <laughs> you did it. I how, did it. How'd you feel if somebody cut off your dick afterwards? <laughs> I'd be like, can you please give it back to me? <laughs> Say, oh, sorry, Emron. I thought you were a statue. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a Roman statue. <laughs> I uh, can see that, how my body is chiseled and you would get that confused. <laughs> but no, I do not taste like stone. <laughs> Uh, your other question was about comedy censorship. Do I believe in comedy censorship? I think censorship is something that should come from yourself. If you feel comfortable talking about something, then go for it. Um, if you can't and you want to try, go for it. But if it blows up in your face, don't be surprised. Yeah, I. But agree. my, I mean, but the thing is, like, if it's I. Part of me is always like, if this is at an open mic, none of these rules apply because it's a place where you just go to try shit out. Mm -hmm. So you throw whatever sticks. And so I I think like if anybody were to film and record us while we were trying stuff out on the base level, like it would just be horrendous. Mm -hmm. So nothing is off topic for you. No, it's... Whatever is off topic to me is what I choose. I don't want to be told what I can't talk about. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's like, uh, you can say whatever you want. It is still a free country, but Mm -hmm. you do have to be mindful of the potential consequences of your actions. Absolutely. So, like, I'm not against what Louis joked about, but I'm also not against the way people react either. Right. It's like, you can call for censorship if you want. That's your also your right as an american and i you know i understand those feelings absolutely uh whether or not i personally uh call for those uh same censorships is like no but no one's telling you to stop it and it's like i'm one of those people who's also going to stand on the sidelines as you go form a human <laughs> chain around louis ck i will be on the 385th mile <laughs> <laughs> i'll be there it's like, but, you're like, hey, is this end of the line? It's like, actually, Emron, you're at the beginning of the line. It's like, god damn it. God damn it. Do is you there think food here at least? You would feel differently <laughs> if you weren't a comedian? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea then. 
I mean, being a comic is like has formed my worldview, so I can't stand outside of that. Can you? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But even like, I would say I would probably care even less if I weren't a comedian because I stay on top of things regularly just so I can talk about it as a comedian. Yeah. Like I was way more uninformed before I started reading comics. <laughs> yeah, I started reading the news way more ever since I became a comic. So I would read the news. It's like, what am I doing this for? It's like I never talk about the news with anybody, but now it's just uh, I tell it to people who don't listen. <laughs> content. <laughs> yeah, so you always got to keep that content coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. But my only issue with uh, people who call for censorship. Yeah is that a lot of times it's uninformed. Mm-hmm. It's They don't get outside of their own agenda to consider other aspects of it. I mean, but that's everybody. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but like, that's my issue. It's like, it's, I'm not saying it's a thing bad. I'm just saying thing exists, to quote a YouTuber. I forget okay. her name, but everybody knows. Lindsay Ellis? Yeah. So it's just not, it's things not like, I'm not saying thing bad. It's just thing exists. So right. people are often motivated by their own personal agenda, their own righteous indignation. So people who call for Louis, uh, just like I follow a lot of Asian activists mm-hmm. and their reaction is like, this is racist. This is anti-Asian. Uh, this isn't funny. Uh, so for my perspective, it's like, if this isn't funny, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, you can make that assessment. It's not funny to you. Uh, but to say it isn't funny, period, is empirically wrong. Because if you listen to the track, people are laughing. Right. So it's funny to somebody. Yeah. Uh, and do you think that's what's problematic? No. I don't think anything with regarding his comedy is problematic everything outside of his comedy and his dressing room that's <laughs> that's all problematic yeah. uh uh the 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 idea that it's somehow racist and somehow anti-asian i also disagree with no oh, you don't think it's racist how's it racist that's what i'm asking you i i, I don't know i don't know how it's racist uh let's see it is so, by definition, a racist is a person who feels or shows discrimination or prejudice against other people of races or who believe in a particular race is superior to another. Mm-hmm. Um, it's discrimination, okay. isn't it, in a way? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's discriminating against Asians to how just so? constantly uh, talk about how small your guys' dicks are. But is he doing it constantly? I don't know if he's had any other jokes before. That's what I'm trying to think. I don't really think so. I remember him having a bit about Asians not being able to drive, but that's a, it's stereotypes, which are racist. Are they? I think so. I don't know. I mean, maybe. It's like I didn't particularly find this joke uh, offensive in the Asian sense of the word. It's more like, okay, this is a weak joke. Like, yeah. for me, I didn't find it funny, not because I was offended as an Asian person yeah, or offended a- as a comedian. It's just like, okay, I've heard a version of this joke before. 
Yeah. So I didn't particularly enjoy it, but like I can't say that it's unfunny because I heard people laugh at it. Right, right. Just empirically speaking, it's like uh, there are people who find it funny, so it's like it's not funny to me. But whether or not it's racist or anti-Asian, like again, I I don't think Louis C.K. is one to discriminate against Asians or uh, any other particular race just because comedians make fun of race the concept of race and at the end of the joke he does go it's like i'm just kidding i don't mean any of this you think that's enough to be forgiven not necessarily forgiven because i don't think that he has to apologize for anything okay uh but he clearly states that it's a joke like hemron as a comedian yourself you've made fun of other races yeah but that's because you're a racist yeah, so I mean it's that's different. The, ev- so. That's the normal mo. Just you, <laughs> so that's, me, Tyler, everybody. We're all just racists. No, don't lump me into your. <laughs> I am absolutely <laughs> lumping you in here. That's you exactly, absolutely that's what a racist. That's what a racist would do. <laughs> so I understand that you have a hard time understanding what I'm saying because you're a racist. <laughs> this is just business as usual. I don't know why you you're getting all up in arms, man. Oh, I'm not. I'm trying to explain to people who don't understand the nuance, the people who uh, subscribe to the idea that this is racist and anti-Asian. I mean, you can make the argument for anti-Asian because it's discrimination against Asians, right? Again, I don't think it's discriminatory. It's, uh, it's what is it? No, it's reinforcing it's, stereotypes. It's reinforcing stereotypes, but I don't know how that's particularly racist or discriminatory. It's certainly not discriminatory because he included Asians. If he had dick jokes... <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't make fun of Latinos. That's discriminatory. He left those people out because mm. <laughs> Latinos listen to the jokes like, "Hey, what about our dick size?" <laughs> <laughs> that's you see how that's discriminatory. If you talked about everybody other day, everybody else's everybody dicks, other than and other then than, not. yeah, that's discriminatory. That's the definition of discriminatory. I'm just mm. trying to figure out how this is like. So, and also to quote Dave Chappelle, if this is like. If you feel that this somehow uh, uh, is harmful to the Asian community, then uh, you have a brittle spirit. Ooh, okay. If if you somehow think that uh, dick size uh, de- defines your uh, gender, your masculinity, your race, and I understand why people would say that because Asian men in media are uh, emasculized. Yeah, emasculated. Emasculated, thank you. Uh, yeah. And this doesn't help that cause, but if you listen to this and you believe that it's going to negatively affect your community, then, yeah, you have a very brittle spirit. It's like you should be able to overcome that idea within yourself. Like, confidence comes from within. It's like people can believe what they want to believe, and there's nothing you can do about that. But from experience, it's like if a person is confident enough within themselves, then uh, those when you meet a person, those ideas uh, fall to the wayside. I mean, that sounds nice. But what are those people who don't have that confidence, who are sick and tired of hearing this kind of stuff in the media and in the news or just like in comedy over and over and over again? It's they're tired of it. Again, brittle spirit. Yeah. You know, you think that. They should just deal with it and just let it happen, because that's essentially what you're saying, right? Because if they have a brittle spirit, you're letting it bother you. 
is just to let these people continue doing. I mean, they are dealing with it. They're dealing with it by trying to get it shut down. And that's a so, fair assessment. Yeah, and like, what do you think is a is a better course of action for those people then? Uh, look within yourself. <laughs> Find uh, the confidence in yourself. Know that you know yourself, your community is stronger than that. Okay. Or you know, go to go back to Asia, <laughs> and you don't have to deal with it. <laughs> There's a lot of options. Uh, you can censor Louis C.K. if you feel that helps. You can kind of shut down anybody who might try to attempt to bring that subject up, but then I feel like you give that idea more power than it needs to have. It's yeah. kind of like the whole Voldemort, um, I guess, the, the sentiment behind, you know, not saying the word Voldemort in Harry Potter, you give him more power. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like it, a Streisand effect. Go on, what's that? It's when you um, try to cancel something let me get the proper definition. But, you know, maybe the Voldemort uh, analogy isn't perfect because in Harry Potter, if you say Voldemort, you summon him and then he kills you. Yeah. So basically the Streisand effect is a phenomenon when you attempt to hide or censor a piece of information and it has the unintended consequence of publicizing the information more widely. Right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Is that. So I guess this whole deal is uh, if people didn't bring it up, the yeah. whole Louis C.K., like, a small Asian dick thing, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah. Because most people, when they go through life, they're not thinking about Asian people's dick size. But you put it out as a trending topic on Twitter. <laughs> but part of it is maybe you do have to talk about it at the same time. Because like Jay-Z said, uh, I know the pain is real, but you can't heal what you don't reveal. So you got to figure that shit out too. Yeah, yeah. And it's not necessarily uh, the Asian dick sides that bothers people per se, but it's just like the idea of uh, Asian masculinity that uh, the Asian activist is trying to figure out. As an and, Asian male, how do you think they should move? Like, how do you think they could, we could combat this problem? We, first off, you're not Asian. Whatever. You Never can, forget that. We meaning America. Okay. All right. But you preface it by saying, hey, as an Whatever, Asian, just right. get to the question. How, how do you think we could uh, fix this? How like, do how, what do you think is an, in order to stop the emasculation of Asian men within the United States, how do you think we should move forward? Hmm. Instead of just telling people not to say it, what do you think is a, a good thing to do? Hmm. I don't know. I'll say that. I don't <laughs> know. Because it's not something I've thought about. Okay. We can come back to this next week. Wait, what are your ideas? I don't know. We can come back to it next week. Because <laughs> I think Indian men are as emasculated as Asian dudes. Uh, sure. Um, maybe we could have a march? I don't want to march. Neither do I. I said it, and I was like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's like, if I'm not going to march for women's rights, I'm not going to march for Asian dick rights. Yeah. Because eventually it would just get turned into... Alt, I mean, it'd be men's rights, and then we'd just end up with the wrong people there. <laughs> uh, I think there is just slow and steady progress. Okay. I think the idea of delayed gratification in terms of human rights is a tough idea for a lot of activists and people with human compassion to digest. Because okay. when human rights are being violated, you need that shit to be rectified now, immediately, yeah. because it's yeah. wrong. Mm -hmm. But progress is uh, oftentimes glacial. It doesn't happen overnight. 
And so it's like, hey, I know you guys got to suffer, but, you know, two generations down the road, things will be better. And they're like, fuck that. I'm sad now. <laughs> if I'm sad now, everybody else needs to be sad. But, uh, you know, I would say do everything. How about that? We need people to be super vocal, mm-hmm. super annoying. Mm-hmm. We need people to be uh, like myself and kind of work in alternative routes to change people's perception. Sure. And uh, I guess the only thing we can't have people do is uh, nothing. (laughs) Uh, And don't, I guess, enforce these ideas and stereotypes. And here's the thing about Louis C.K. He's not the only one making small Asian dick jokes. And he's not the... And most small Asian dick jokes I hear comes from other Asian comics. True that. And it's just not other Asian female comics. It's like Asian dude comics. That's like one Mm -hmm. thing. It's like... Let's just get this out of the way. It's like, see, I'm a good comic. I embrace these things and I switch it and turn it around. It's like, or you cannot talk about it either. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk how you be fucking. <laughs> that that would that would help the culture out a little that bit. That would help the culture a lot. Yeah. Okay. Or if you have a big dick, you know, put it on the internet. Then you go march outside by yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you have a big dick, you know, let it be known. <laughs> like, change people's... Maybe that's the thing. It's like, no one... Uh, you don't see Asian big digs on a regular basis. We have a new segment coming in called, What is Asia doing this week? Basically, we just try to find some weird fucking news or something that somebody's doing uh, and then just bring it to light. This week... I thought we are just trying to see what people are doing in Asia outside of America. Okay. That is what the segment really is. What are people doing (laughs) in Asia outside of America? Uh, This week we have something from China. Um, Chinese schools are now enforcing smart uniforms with GPS tracking systems to monitor their students. So like as a student enters the school, the time and the date is recorded along with a short video that parents can access via a mobile app. They also have facial recognition that further ensures that each uniform is worn by its rightful owner to prevent students from cheating the system and skipping classes trigger an alarm to inform teachers and parents while an automatic voice alarm activates if a student walks out of school without permission. So David, what are your initial thoughts on this? What are your initial thoughts? I think you said that the article, is, <laughs> you tell yeah, me what I, you think. I think this is insane. I think Putting tracking systems on children, you can say that it's um, it's for safety reasons because basically parents want to know where the kids are at all times. But I feel like this is just going to be used in the wrong way. There's no way that this could lead to like a healthy adult if they're constantly monitored and being watched all the time. I think it's really bad. Mm-hmm. I think that on the flip side, that what this will do will create a new kind of criminal. And I'm very interested to see how these kids get around these systems when they do want to do something bad. Mm -hmm. Because kids will be kids. So it's just like, how do you, how do you beat this? How do you, how do you get around this? If they have facial recognition software and there's a GPS locator on you, can you You spoof it? You know how great that, uh, facial recognition software is where you can identify Asian faces. (laughs) (laughs) 
David doing an Asian joke. It's going to be like the <laughs> state of the art. <laughs> like, what if he plugged it in and like, it, it's like, it's not working. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> our, our robot's racist. To to be fair, I I know that their facial recognition software has been having problems because uh-huh. they originally there's like some business CEO uh-huh. who recently got in trouble uh, for jaywalking, uh-huh. and then upon reviewing the footage, they found out that her face was plastered on the side of a bus <laughs> in an ad, and it was just taking a left turn, and the facial recognition software just flagged her. <laughs> Uh, can't even tell the difference between a woman and a bus. <laughs> <laughs> China. <laughs> yeah, China sucks. I mean, the thing like I w- that I see with this is like what they're trying to do is like by installing it in children first. Mm-hmm. When they become adults, it's not seen as crazy. Yeah, you know, like it's they just think of it as norm. Well, it's a political move oftentimes when you uh, disguise something as tyrannical as, you know, violating your privacy, which probably doesn't exist in China. Uh, Mm -hmm. You do it under the guise of security. It's like, this is for your safety, not mine. It's like, I don't want to do this, but kids be kidnapped all the time and we got to find a way to get them back. Yeah. If this was your child, would you put all this stuff on them? If this was my child, I would say not if it's government sponsored. Okay. If it was like, if only you had access to this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like if this is for my own personal use, because I'm a crazy person, I'm okay with that. Okay. You know, because people do it to dogs. They chip dogs. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I was reading this yesterday. Did you know that they have facial recognition software for dogs? cool that's fucking crazy why and stupid i don't know who the fuck i i just think it's a i know a lot of people lose their pets and i'm probably gonna lose a lot of people on it but i'm just like i can't believe people are using facial recognition software on dogs because emron hates dogs by the way i don't hate dogs i just don't understand the the childlike rearing that people have with dogs. Oh, you don't? Okay. So this is how it breaks down. It all goes to <laughs> economics. Because Emron doesn't read. Uh, the way it works is uh, our generation is a lot poorer than previous generations. I see. So because we make less money, uh, we oftentimes have more debt. Uh, the prospect of having a child is very expensive to people of our generation. So I would believe this than- if this was true because it's not. I agree with the money thing, but people love dogs way before this economy was in the shitter. No, no, no. It's like uh, people. No, you're wrong, by the way. Uh, this is 100% ver- verifiable. You can look it up. Uh, people uh, forego having children and they transfer the love that they would give to a child to their pets. Okay. Yeah. Because it's cheaper. Oh, no. I know that it's cheaper. I'm just saying that this stuff happened before people were out of money. People have been treating dogs like this forever. No, this is like this is larger scale. And once you create a market for it, then it blows up a little bit more and more. Uh, people aren't conscious that they're doing it, but uh, the idea of putting a dog in a stroller didn't happen overnight. It happened gradually over time. And same thing as uh, people get poorer and poorer, and the generation uh, has less buying power. Okay. 
But yeah, China's, uh, China is uh, they're wild in right now. Like, why do you even have people? Why don't you just have robots? I think ultimately that's the goal. Yeah, I don't even think China likes having people. <laughs> it, like the the Chinese government do, don't like having people. I think they're burdened by them. Yeah, I think they want robots. They really do. It's like, hey, <laughs> like, do everything. All these fucking Chinese people get in our way of like create making money. It's like. If you're just gonna treat people as like just mindless automatons, it's like, it's like, what are you doing? It's like they're always stifling artistic creativity. Uh, they're interning people who are diverse. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. What it do you really think China's gonna do in the future? Just replace people with robots? I yeah, I think that's gonna be their number one goal. First, or they're gonna try to make everybody Chinese. Yeah. Um, they could I probably think do it. Uh, yeah, I think they're because that's what they're doing with those. Um, gosh, what are those Muslim people's names? Ayans? Uyghurs. Uyghurs. I don't remember their names. Um, but yeah, it's like they're sending Chinese men in there to meet uh, those women, so they can systematically make them Chinese. Uh, yeah, I mean. I think we talked about it in the past. Emran had this idea that China is a monolith, and I countered that with saying a bunch of Chinese people in China uh, don't want to be Chinese. <laughs> it's just uh, when the communist revolution happened, there were like just swaths of territory that the communist government absorbed. Uh, Tibet yep. being one of them, East Turkmenistan, mm-hmm. uh, just a bunch of various regions. It's like, fuck, it's like I don't want to be in this government, but I don't have the <laughs> means to defend myself it's like they have a billion person standing army it's like what yeah. chance do i have and the rest of the world's like well china has a billion person standing army we can't it's not worth fight, fighting for yeah uh but i don't know i don't know if this is healthy like eventually something's gonna have to either something's bad's gonna happen either china implodes within itself or uh they just uh encroach on the wrong country which one do you think is more likely? Uh, I, I probably encroach like, on the wrong country. That's like, what I was thinking. Eventually, China is going to start a war within Asia, and it's going to be one of the bordering countries, probably one of the smaller ones, like Taiwan. <laughs> like uh, as soon as Taiwan upsets China and America doesn't back Taiwan, it's a wrap for them. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Something might play out with Korea. Okay. Korea could go crazy. North or south? Uh, both. Both. Okay. Probably the north. They'll they'll do something reckless. So, and once that happens, China might just go. Uh, and it's like you know what, you've you've annoyed us long enough. You're China now. <laughs> uh, Vietnam is always a common. It's been a popular <laughs> country for China to invade. Okay. China's gonna China's gonna do what historically people like say Russia has done. Mm-hmm. So Russia, when they annexed Crimea, yeah, they went like, "There's a bunch of Russians in Crimea. It's like we're gonna liberate them." So China might go to Vietnam and be like, "There's a bunch of Chinese people in North Vietnam. We're just gonna take you guys and make you guys China now." Because if you guys don't know, like uh, the Vietnamese government keeps giving out these uh, leases to the Chinese government. Oh, they, really? Yeah, they give them a bunch of real estate, and then 
China can come in and develop it, fill it with Chinese workers, what have you. And the, and the Vietnamese people protest it a lot because they're just naturally suspicious of China, as they should be. Right. Uh, so that could be another scenario. Uh, I don't know if China would ever go to war with India because you guys have a lot of people. Yeah. And weapons. Eh, I don't know if India. you guys have a lot of weapons, but you no, guys India has a lot of India has a lot of weapons. The U.S. has been selling to them for years. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. War isn't India's thing. It wasn't before, but I feel like people—they're itching to get a chance. They're like, "Oh, just wait." Like, I think it's also easier to unify a country when you have a very clear adversary. Yeah, I don't know. I think if China ever attacks India, India's natural reaction is like, this is Pakistan's fault. Let's get them. (laughs) (laughs) And then India just moves into Pakistan and then China moves into India. No, I've been thinking, I don't think, you know what I think China's going to do is going to try to um, own all of Africa. Uh, I mean, good luck with that. No, I think because like, didn't they do something to Kenya or Nairobi? Uh, they, they own one of the ports. Like they're so in debt that they just took over their port. Yeah, and that's I'm essentially what they did. Historically Pakistan. speaking, good luck uh, with that, because yeah. colonialism eventually collapses upon itself. True. So, I don't know. You want to end there? Uh, <laughs> unless you have something else you wanted to talk about. Nah, man. Uh, oh, uh, as a Muslim person, how do you feel about China imprisoning your peoples? I think it's jihad. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a large part of, or not large, but there's it's clear in Islam that they say if you're ever at like war mm-hmm. and people are like killing people for being Muslim, you absolutely one hundred percent are allowed to say you're not. You're not Muslim. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought there was going to be more badass. It's like you're absolutely one hundred percent obligated but to take up. That arms. being said, if they very clearly are going after Muslim people, which they are, and then you fight for them to stop that is actual jihad oh question you know how most of the islamic world got mad at america for building bases all over the middle east and encouraging on um, their affairs sure and so they rose up under the guise of jihad Mm -hmm. uh, and attacked america do you think something like this will rally muslims to come together you it should um, I don't know if it will. Okay. I mean, I see stuff like this and I'm like, this is where Saudi Arabia is supposed to be the Muslim nation that they claim to be. Uh-huh. You know, but they're not doing shit. They're just getting mad and taking down Hassan Minaj's episode <laughs> instead of fucking going after China. Like they do. It's like, you can't have it both ways, man. This is why nobody likes you. <laughs> they, like seriously though no one really likes saudi arabia no <laughs> no they're like man. the they're not like popular because people like them they're just popular because they have like the cool car and throw dope parties yeah they're just because they got money there's no <laughs> substance to them well, they're they, just dan blazarian but muslim <laughs> i don't know who that is is that a high school friend of yours <laughs> no it is some dude off of instagram okay uh, yeah it's just they're just all show and it's just like Fuck that country, man. <laughs> Were you <laughs> upset when uh, Hassan's thing got pulled off of uh, Netflix? No, I was actually really happy. I was like, okay, now... It, and then it started getting more press. And then I was like, good, that's one of the best episodes that he's done. So good for him. Oh, I thought you were happy because uh, 
as a Indian comedian, you're like, finally, someone's going to take him off the air. And now it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to create my own Netflix special called MBS is a great guy. <laughs> Raji. <laughs> Same. You know what though? Every party that I would go to after that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would get a Lambo that is reflective. <laughs> and you would uh jump out the side door and just uh, skate around the streets. <laughs> Sandals. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Right there down the 101. <laughs> All right. Uh that's a good place to end it, I suppose. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see here. Bad Asian Show coming up January 12th. Tickets are sold yeah, yeah. out. But Yeah, just please, come... if you are a video editor, hit us up. Or if you have a friend who's a video editor, yeah, hit Slide us into Emron's uh, DMs at Emron the G, or you can slide into the Bad Asian, at the Bad Asian Show uh, DM on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you can slide into Emron's DM uh, and send him a good guy emoji because he's such a sweet boy. You shut your dumb mouth. <laughs> Slide to Emron's DMs and leave him a cop emoji because he's a good cop. <laughs> Slide into David's DMs and just send him pictures of marble dicks. Uh, that being said, uh, Brava Theater uh, sold out. I don't know if there's any standby tickets, but you know what? Stand out anyways and just make the line look good and people be yeah. like, oh shit, what's going on? Yeah, that way we can get good footage of people standing outside. We might uh, also just make people stand outside. <laughs> and uh, Emron will pull up with a Roman statue and <laughs> chisel off the penises for your entertainment. That's right. And you guys better cheer, loud cheers, when it happens. Uh, other than that, uh, if you guys can't make it out, uh, support the show by following us at The Bad Agent Show. Share mm -hmm. this with your friends. Uh, go on iTunes, leave us five stars, and leave us a delightful comment. Yes, Just leave do. us a bunch of good cop emojis. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that you support the the face turn that Emron's doing for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. Peace.